Welcome to Nana Tings. For anyone that is going through a rough time, especially during this time where you are seeing the celebration of, of being LGBTQ plus and and pride and and if you're struggling where you can't come out or there are a, you know there's an area where you're living, and you know it's very homophobic. I I I wanted to put different hotlines on my description of this episode because you know mental health does matter and you know not everyone has the privilege to be able to live as themselves and unapologetically as themselves so one thing i will mention really quick there's a help hotline with the trevor project they're an amazing organization and their number is 866-488-7386 their crisis intervention and suicide prevention if it is an extreme measure and you can't remember that number or get to that number please dial 911 and this is definitely urgent and i push forward there are several different organizations and hotlines i have listed and i just want you to know i know this sounds so cliche where there is a will, there is a way, and it will get better. And I just really hope for the best. And I, I hope people that are are in these crazy circumstances uh, get out of it. And I, I hope you all can live freely. Happy Pride 2021. <laughs> so I want to do an episode with some people and talk about Pride and what Pride means to them and their coming out story and I've talked to some pretty cool people, but I figured I talk about my my own coming out story and journey and what pride means to me. So yeah, I was studying abroad in 2011. I was 19 in Italy in Rome. And I remember actually going to Capri and I was playing this like volleyball game on the beach. And I remember staring at this like guy's package and being like, hey like why do i keep like i had this internal uh conversation being like why am i like looking at this guy package over and over and over and i started getting like vibes that i was like into men so i fly back to from italy to america about like two weeks later and i remember going up to my brother and being like hey i think i like guys and my brother at the time was 15 15 yeah i had to count and he was like, hey, like, whatever you like, try it. So I went over to a guy's place and made out with this guy. And, like, nothing too crazy sexual because obviously it was so new to me. And I was like, okay, I definitely like guys. Then I went in this, like, phase of, like, oh, am I bi or not? Because, you know, it gets confusing. And I didn't have any really, like, role models to look up to back then to see how it was to be out or not. And then like in typical Antonio Libra fashion, I enter junior year of college and I'm about to be 20 and it's my 20th birthday on 1020. And I was like, oh man, it's my golden birthday. I am a new person. I also lost 75 pounds. I was on this weight loss journey. I was like, this is how I'm going to come out. So I invited everyone to a gay bar and some of my like straight guy friends were like, why is Antonio sending us to like a gay bar? Like, isn't he straight? This and that. And out of nowhere, I like grab a guy on the dance floor and kiss him and be like, hey guys, I'm gay. And it was a like amazing, amazing, like funny moment because it was just so like dramatic the way I would do it, like a movie. So then I started owning my sexuality, got a boyfriend, really started exploring like positions in the bedroom and just different things. And I mean, it definitely was a long journey because now at 29, I'm even doing more, right? I'm wearing eyeshadow and I feel so comfortable wearing nail polish and crop tops and these different looks that like, you know, quote unquote society says that like a male shouldn't wear, but we say fuck you to that, right? And the biggest come out was my mom at 22. I waited two years later 
And I was always scared because she grew up really Catholic and raised us religious, but I, she made it a safety zone later on in my life or my early 20s where I feel like religion wouldn't play in her judgment. But, you know, it's just one of those, like, scary moments of, like, oh, my gosh, like, my mom is my more, most important thing, her and my brother all I have. Um, I don't want to be kicked out. You hear all these stories. So in typical Antonio fashion, I waited for Britney Spears' birthday on December 2nd. And this is when I was 22, so I think it was 2013. Yeah, this is right right when Britney was releasing Britney Jean. Like, Work Bitch just came out and all that. And I told my mom, I was like, hey, like, I like guys. And she literally just said to me, she goes, listen, no matter if you like guys or girls, like, I love you. And it's about you just being a respectable man in this world. And that touched my heart so much. And I saw this screenshot of a text that she sent me because I remember texting her after coming out and just thanking her for being so accepting and being there for me and being such an ally that she was like, she just reaffirmed, you know, she was like, yeah, you're my son. As long as I raise you to be a respectable young man and, and do well in this world, that's what I care for. And it was such an important message to me. And I think it really had an effect on who I am today about just being a fucking good human, right? And loving who you love and just respecting others and staying in your lane. And I, you know, I, I talk about this story and I, I know I'm privileged because not everyone around the world gets to express this freedom or have families accept them. So I, I, I truly wish that there is a day where, you know, people weren't homophobic or transphobic and, and people can be comfortable to come out or explore their sexuality. And I hope this podcast and these episodes that I'm doing, I'm not doing it to be selfish or for myself. I have other work for myself. I, I'm doing it to help others and I, I, want, I want people to get you know messages from this and and be proud of who they are and I, i'm very sorry to all that are not fortunate enough and i want to send love and and good energy to you because it, it's not fair that you know we have to go through or especially you know others have to go through um marginalized systems and and other shit like that so sending you love and really good energy and with that being said pride to me is being unapologetically who you are. Pride to me is remembering my brothers and sisters that died from HIV and AIDS. It's it's people that, you know, like th- uh, Stonewall riots and, and, and stood up to the police and people that like fought and people that have been gay bash and like lost their lives for, for me to be able to fucking walk freely in New York. I thank you. And pride for me is also letting people know I'm a mixed queer man and I am not holding back or fucking apologizing if I want to wear nail polish or wear a crop top and represent my Italian and Dominican roots with my full name there loud and proud and for me that is pride and really passionate about it but um I love this time of year I love remembering my fucking roots and what people did for us and there still is a fight civil rights fight and and we have to kick ass and keep and keep pushing keep pushing back keep fighting back and hopefully this rest of the episode there's some really good content coming up and i i'm really excited for you all to listen okay happy pride love you we have some great pride stories coming up right after this break don't forget to check out my new book antonio's return available now on amazon and at barnes and noble It is an amazing book that talks about my journey of approaching 30 and it has a lot of astronomical uh, themes involved and I would really love if you all could check it out. It, It means so much to me. 
My first guest is this amazing person, Charlotte, and I just met her. We work for the same company and I messaged our LGBTQ plus group and Charlotte decided to jump in um, on this podcast and really explored a lot that I, I, w- I was able to learn from. She is transitioning into a woman right now and really educated me on a lot of transgender matters and we had a really nice open discussion. So I honestly am really excited for all you to listen to this. Um, they are amazing. Just the vibe that I got from Charlotte was phenomenal and I just wish nothing but the best for them and their transitioning process. And I what what I learned from Charlotte was honestly truly a blessing. And I yeah, I I'm just gonna stop talking and listen and <laughs> enjoy the ride. Everyone is Antonio Inanna Tings and I have a special guest, Charlotte. Say hey, what up? Hey, nice to meet you. You too. And um, actually, this is our first meeting also, which is awesome. Uh, I would love to know a little bit about you right away first, like where you're from, your interests, all these things. Okay. Uh, I'm, I'm, a, I'm an engineer at Apple. I'm a trans woman. I grew up in Chicago, a Chicagoland area, I should say, not Chicago. Proper. <laughs> um, Chicagoans are very sensitive to that whole suburbans are not part of the Chicago thing. I don't know why, uh, but that's fair. Anyway, uh, I moved to, to California in 92. I am older than I look, much older. And I've lived in California ever since. And it wasn't until 2019 that I realized all the cross-dressing and the trans porn and all that stuff was because I was trans. And uh, honestly, I just been in a crazy amount of denial. Just be like, of course people, cis people do this all the time. No, they don't, they don't. <laughs> well, I'm, you, let's get right into it. Um, I would love to know you know this is a pride episode and i i love that you're owning who you are and and are proud what yeah what so what was your mindset like what happened in 2019 that you were just like i right, so you said that like, you just something clicked right you were just like hey this is i was well i was 49 uh and i was i was getting dressed in some of the latest women's clothes i had bought and i was just thinking boy this would be a lot easier if i was trans ha 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 and I'm like, oh, wait a second. Oh, I am trans, aren't I? Oh, oh gosh. <laughs> and um, I don't know what it's like if you have a realization uh, as, as, a, as a gay man, like if you had a realization and you were like, oh, I am, oh shit. Uh, but for me, I had that realization. It was very much a cathartic moment. And I started working on my transition immediately. Went to the doctor, got my hormones, uh, oh. came out at work. Uh, and it's just been sort of a roller coaster ever since. Uh, threw away all my boy clothes. It, yeah, it's it was. I'm still in transition. I still have some surgeries. I still want to go through. Transition is basically a lifelong process. Uh, As I was saying, I was like, it's pretty long, right? Um, it's it's lifelong, basically. Yeah, um, I'm. Well, I'm proud of you. I mean, I just met you, but I just hearing that vulnerability and also that story alone. Like, I'm I'm such a sensitive human that when I hear this, I'm like, you're you are so inspiring. So thank oh, you. Thanks. Yeah, and I, I did have an aha moment. Funny enough, I was 19 and I was sitting abroad in Italy and I was staring at this guy's package and we were playing volleyball. And I was like, why am I staring at a guy? And then I got back to America and I was like, oh, I'm gay. Like, like, and then you're like, you know, like you got flashbacks. Like I started having flashbacks of like being obsessed with like Lance Bassett and Sync and like not sure. liking Britney Spears, wanting to be Britney Spears. And I was like, okay, mm-hmm. it makes sense. Like. 
you really are born this way, right? And like society tells you something fucking else. Um, but yeah, did you, so question about, so before you knew that like you wanted to transition to a woman, did mm -hmm. you come out as like, I, I know obviously gender is different with sexuality. Did you come out as like, were you gay? Like, did you identify as gay or what was, what was that No, like? I, I pretended I was straight, but I was mostly into trans women. Still kind of Wow, yeah. okay. Well, yeah, because like- Which I, I guess learned... makes me gay? I don't know. I don't the whole... know, yeah. <laughs> it gets weird. I... <laughs> you know, I have some trans friends and they, I've had this conversation before because, you know, sexuality really is such a spectrum and so is gender, right? And like, even the way you dress, like whether you're non-binary or you can be like super androgynous, like there's just so much flu fluidity in this that, yeah, you're right. Like I, so many trans friends have a, a, pro a, a, a trouble time specifying a sexuality, right? Where it's mm -hmm. like, okay, before I transitioned, I liked this, but I still like this, or I'm like more open to this. Yeah, okay, yeah, you know what, fuck it. I, you like what you like, right? I'm like, I'm yeah, tired. Like, <laughs> I, I, life is, can be a sexual buffet and I wanna try all the dishes is kind of how I look at it, so yeah. <laughs> I, I really like that though, actually, because like, you know, I was talking to someone about pansexuality, right? And I, I think that is the new move. I love that we're having, a culture change like a lot of gen z actually like you know generations younger than us um mm -hmm. i feel like i'm getting old alone just seeing these like little kids at 17 be like hey i'm like ah but <laughs> like it, pansexuality is becoming a thing which is i think it's great because then you're not really judging or or there's no biasism on like what you like and but yeah so speaking about this i you know you had a recent um it was two years ago you had this aha moment so mm -hmm. what so what is pride to you like wh oh. what it yeah what does it mean it's an open question i'm not entirely sure um like i said i'm fairly new to being out and i've spent most of my transition in in my apartment because of the pandemic um but i really wanted to go to pride this year uh unfortunately i am <laughs> i just bought a house so i'm super busy uh but i think oh me, okay <laughs> yeah the 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 uh, i'm just telling you things about me but the pride aspect of it is that you can't really be ashamed about who you are, no matter who you are, because you're just going to carry that with you and you have to let it out. You have to be who you are because otherwise life is, it's not fun. It's, it's, it's not a great value proposition if I can speak in business. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, do you have like a support system at least, or is there like um, a, a community-based place where you are? For I have. Yeah. I'm in group therapy, which is, is mostly, uh, well, it's all cis people, but there's a, there's one queer person. I've been in that group therapy for like a decade, probably. Uh, I see my, that same therapist individually. I have uh, two trans online groups that used to be in person. Uh, there's one in the South Bay and there's one from Kaiser. Okay. Uh, I'm looking to form or not form, but like join more. I, I, I like group therapy and I like group sessions. They help a lot. This do the group stuff with the trans stuff is all support groups, not therapy. Okay. Different, but yeah, I'm in a whole bunch of um, support things. Good. I, I, I'm glad you're doing that because I feel like during quarantine and I feel like transition, it's good to have a support system with like obviously all the world chaos that are happening, that's happening right now. Mm -hmm. um, good. Okay. And yeah, so you said the process is fairly new, how everything's going well so far. Like, yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Good. You know, uh, the first trans surgery is really scary because there's, this is like, this is the permanent part. This is, this is not something I can undo. So the first thing I had was facial feminization surgery. 
Um, and yeah, it's really nerve wracking that, that right before you get put under, it's like, I think I'm doing the right thing. And I wake up and I do the healing. I'm like, yeah, I did the right thing. Great. <laughs> you have, uh, I love like, your sense of humor. You look at it, but I think you are doing the right thing. You like, listen, if this is what you feel is the right thing. Yes. And if you're happy, you are happy, right? Like this is fucking, mm -hmm. this is it. This is pride. This is yeah. you doing the right thing. And I think you're so brave to be honest that you're right. That first surgery can be scary, right? It's one oh, of those yeah. things where it's like, oh my gosh, but you're doing it. And I, you know, the, this conversation, I hope listeners, it, it can inspire someone, right? Or someone that is nervous, like your story can inspire someone. That would be um, cool. I would love that. Yeah. That's the point of my podcast is I'm trying to just like, you know, help our community and like share stories. So I'm, I'm really happy you like, you slacked me and like, we were able to do this right now. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, tell me a little bit um, about you. I like anything, like what are some fun hobbies or topics? I'm going to get to build some rapport with you on this podcast. I, I would say in between hobbies, because I have so much stuff acquired from my hobbies that I have to get rid of all that stuff. <laughs> um, I used to do a couple of things. Uh, I used to do electronics for fun. I used to do I still program for fun a little bit here and there, but as an Apple employee, I pretty much can't do open source stuff. Yeah. Uh, oh, that's a whole other saga. Um, yeah, for the moment, once I, I cross-dressing used to be my hobby and I was just, oh, I'm just dressing. I don't know what to do with my extra time. It's definitely an issue. <laughs> I've been hanging out a lot on Twitch, uh, not for Ooh, the game streams, okay. but for um, the, the music channels there's comedy channels and they've been fantastic. Uh, that's been fun. I do a lot of riffing of movies on Twitch. So that's fun. That's so I need to get more into Twitch. Like, I made an account, but I've done nothing with it. I'm, I'm a wrestling fan and some of them have like Twitch accounts and they actually have like really good like Q and A moments besides just gaming. So I was like, oh, I could like low key get into this like a little like live moment. So I'm gonna play around with it and see what happens. <laughs> I I think Twitch is onto something bigger than they understand, and that the censorship yeah. policies will start to bite them in the ass at some point. That's yeah, they well, they have a big community, right? Like I feel like Twitch, they do. I just see everyone on Twitch at this point. And I'm like, okay, it's like it's not just gaming; it's become like a live stream, like community based thing that I even want to yeah. get into. I'm like over here, like, okay, well, maybe I could like do my own podcast live on it or something. I don't know. Absolutely. Yeah, I. Yeah. That is, you just gave me an idea. Yeah, they have a, a censorship policy for video. It doesn't really apply to audio so much, but in video, they're like, you can't even show thighs, naked thighs. Really? Yeah. Okay. It's it's pretty bizarre, um, the yeah. stuff that I've seen blopped out, leaped out for Twitch. But in the chat, anything goes. You can. Okay, I curse a <laughs> like... lot. So I'm like, that's good to know. I feel like every other sentence, I have some kind of like, quote unquote, bad word. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Like, whatever. But yeah, I am. Um, so for anyone listening, what would be, so I know what you said about, um, you know, pride is like, you know, owning who you are, but what would be advice to, let's say, uh, a young person that is thinking about transitioning or something like that? I, boy, I would probably say, don't be afraid to explore and try really hard to be honest with yourself. Like if, if you like something, you have to sort of own up to it and see what that actually means. Um, and I, <laughs> All right, I'm gonna talk a little bit about something that we don't talk about a lot in the trans community, which is sexuality. Yeah. Um, if, if you get excited 
by your transgender experience, that doesn't mean you're not trans or are trans. It just means it's something that you could think about. Uh, I personally was very excited by the transformation stories and, and the actual transformation that I'm going through is not fun or sexy at all, but that's, that's it, it's still, I think, kind of related that, yeah, there's gender euphoria and gender dysphoria, and I get a lot of gender euphoria out of being myself. And it's not, it's not sexual, it's just, I feel happier. Um, so yeah, things change, things are different. Oh, that makes me so happy. That's good to hear. Um... Oh, I, like you're making me all choked up on this podcast. Uh, I, I, like I said, I think you're so brave. And I know this like little Q&A was short and sweet, but you just like fulfilled my joy just now with sharing your story. Mm -hmm. And I, I really hope we stay in touch, actually. I mean, we're both on Slack. I would love to hear about, you know, your, your transition process in a few months or even do another podcast with updates on, you know, your you know, because this, this is going to help people, you know, like listeners, like, especially with my following on my podcast, being LGBTQ, like, yes. And yeah, thank you so much for jumping on quickly. Uh, I'm so excited to get to know you more. Oh, thank uh, you. Yeah, you are brave. And that's what I want to say. And happy pride. And every day is pride, especially like how you said, you know, your transition process is going to be life, right? So keep doing you. And I just, I wish you the best like i just love that you're owning yourself and that's what matters thank you antonio i'm i'm glad you have a podcast and you share your viewpoint with the world and i hope i get to talk to you again yes you definitely will okay hey my second guest is brendan gregory he is a new friend and is an amazing human he is so educated and is an activist and is outspoken we talk about some really real shit so Get ready and stay tuned and enjoy the ride. Everyone, it's Antonio from Nonatings. I have another amazing guest, my friend Brendan. What's up, baby boy? Hey, hey. baby, what's up? Happy to be Happy. here. Happy, Happy to have you. Happy Pride. Yes, fuck it up. I'm so excited to let this uh, come out soon because, like, Pride Month's flying by. I'm like, it's literally mid June already. I'm like, I need this to be out ASAP. So I'm really happy to have you on today so we could, like, get this shit going. Um, but yeah, you're one of my friends that are, you're very educated on our community and you're very outspoken, which I love you are, you just say your opinion are unapologetic about it. So I want to start off right away with asking, um, what does pride mean to you? Wow. Um, well, first of all, thank you. That was an amazing introduction and <laughs> thank you. I, tr I try. No, I think it's, uh, gay culture and queerness has some, been something that's interested me like from the moment I came out like a, from the time that I came out I wanted to embrace gay culture and my own queer identity as much as I could and learn as much as I could so that was a big uh journey for me in college is just like throwing myself into the queer community trying to educate myself trying to read trying to watch things and you know learn from elders and try and like get all the information I could so, I mean, it's, I guess to like answer your question, that's a big part of what pride means to me. It means honoring the past and recognizing where we came from and continu continuing that fight onward, but also celebrating it. Uh, pride is love, pride is joy, pride is liberation. And that comes with, I think, a lot of different factors to it. We have to be able to talk about where we came from and the abuses that occurred and all of the things we had to overcome to get to this point where you know, pride is something that we are allowed to take for granted, where that's even a possibility for young kids to grow up in a world where pride is just second nature to them. But then we also have to, you know, we also have to be able to 
get our life and dance and yes. are. it's such a huge part of it those two things are so intertwined i think like the celebration of pride and the protest and the activism of pride are two things that have to go hand in hand always I absolutely agree. And, you know, you, you touched up on something like, especially privilege, right? Uh, you and I are able to live in a city that, of course, New York has its moments, don't get me wrong. But um, we have, I, I, I'm very happy where where we are at, like when it comes to like partying or expressing our sexuality or identity. And especially you and I, I feel like we dress very, very queer. Uh, we're, we're not afraid of nail polish or, or eyeshadows. And I love that we have that. But it, yes, I know you are giving me, you always give me a look of it. So like, <laughs> I love your nail polish and makeup game and your outfit game. So I, you know, I fangirl over you all the time, but yeah, yeah, you're, ugh, love it. But there are, you know, I was reading like these articles, like Saudi Arabia and other countries that like have like beheading still. And it's so fucking crazy to think about that. Like, ah, I don't know. I don't know. Like, what are your, what are your thoughts as like a queer man, like on that these countries that are so, I guess, like very like historic kind of thinking. <laughs> yeah, it, I mean it's tragic. At the like first, first of all, it's just it, it's a tragedy. It's a tragedy that like yeah. we live in a world where some people aren't allowed to live their truth, where the ability to even to even go on an app, to even like be able to secretly, discreetly go go on an app and try and like find somebody to even yeah. meet another gay person. People are being targeted in Egypt, in Poland in a lot of places, some that you wouldn't even expect. Let's, uh, Poland, while we're talking about, let's talk about Poland for a sec. Uh, a lot of people think that when they think of, when they think of countries where it's unsafe to be gay, they automatically think of the Middle East. They automatically think of, you know, third world countries in, in South America where they expect to see a lot of homophobia. They think of Russia, they think of regressive governments like that. But a lot of places, just like we saw in the US in the past few years, uh, there's been a large backslide in uh, democracies around the world of these far-right movements gaining power and really like making demonizing queer people a major part of their agenda. Poland just saw a ton of anti-gay legislation like hit and a lot of, and a large amount of uh, anti-gay officials be elected and it's really become unsafe for gay people in Poland to feel safe. So those are the things that like, it, I think it's important for people to be educated on and be aware of. And also to, rec to recognize, like you said, the privilege that we have of being able to be safe in this country. Uh, and even in New York City, like we still experience it. Like there's a huge difference between being in New York City versus growing up in Alabama. But even in New York City, I heard, I heard something uh, hilarious, but horrible the other day, which is that somebody talking about how they had never experienced blatant homophobia, just like being like called the F word, being cussed yep. in public until they moved to New York City. That they grew up in the deep South, but like never really experienced it. It was more an under, like an under the radar kind of homophobia, which was much more prevalent, but not so much in your face for whatever reason. Whereas then they came to New York City and it was a much more open place and much more accepting, but this was the place where they, you know, got called an F word on the street. And I yeah, think it lends to like, you know, it happens everywhere. There's homophobia that exists in every community and we need to address it everywhere. I don't know, maybe it's just that, maybe it's just that to be homophobic in New York City, you need to be unabashedly homophobic, but. That's very true. I, um, I've experienced like blunt efforts thrown at me, especially in college, but more so upstate. Cause I think people forget like 
as New York City and like Brooklyn is being becoming more liberated, like, you know, a lot of our state is homophobic or even like red, it's Republican, like upstate. So I went to school in Albany that is the capital. So you would think it would be more Democrat, but there are a lot of don't get me wrong, there could still be homophobic Democrats, but you know, like usually safer territory, at least as like a blue-sided gay man. But yeah, you, expect, it, you at least expect to feel like a little bit more welcomed and a little bit. But more it's welcomed. not sometimes upstate, which is crazy. You know, like I don't know. It just opens your eyes. Yeah, yeah, you bring up you bring up a really good point too, which I think is uh, gaining a lot more discussion, and I think that's a good thing, especially in the last couple of years as we celebrate Pride is that we have a lot of work to do in our own community. Yeah. We have a lot of internal work to do before we can, you know, stand, like, you know, before we can uh, stand on our pulpit and declare that we're, you know, the most accepting and the most loving and the most um, inclusive community, which is always what we, you know, aspire to be as a, as a queer family. But we don't always live up to that. Yeah, there's a lot of racism that exists in the community. There's a lot of fat phobia that exists in the community. There's a lot of ableism that exists in the community. Yeah. Um, you see it on apps, you see it in events, you see it in representation. And I think honestly, before we even can talk about what we can do to address homophobia from outside of the community, we have to deal in-house first and kind of take a look inward, especially when it comes to uh, the more marginalized parts of our community. Uh, black trans women are the most marginalized in this country and in this world. And oftentimes you see a lot of white gays not showing up. Um, yeah. And yeah. I, I mean, and I don't want to stand here and act like I've got it all together. Like I'm always like needing to listen and needing to educate and needing to learn. And I guess if there's one thing that I could say to any queer person right now, it's that the biggest thing that we can do, especially if you're a queer person with, with white privilege, is to listen and to recognize that those most marginalized parts of our community are the ones that built pride. They're the, they're the, the communities that allowed for these revolutions to happen that we are now able to stand on the shoulders of. You are so well-spoken. Um, everything you say is absolutely correct. And yeah, I, we need people to speak up more. Like I love that uh, we have the Queer March happening the 27th, right? Where it's non-commercialized, which is really dope. And it, I, it's representing everyone. Let me, everyone you, let me just say like, so as much as I've loved Pride, I've always loved like every Pride celebration I've been to. It's amazing, it's liberating, it's everything. Yeah. Um, and it's not that I've had, I like, I was not someone who I think consciously uh, had an issue with commercialization of Pride because, you know, when I moved to New York City, I was just excited to be there. I was just excited for Pride in general. And I think at first when the Queer March and the challenge to heritage of Pride in New York City was, you know, forming, I, that's something that I needed to educate myself on. I think at first I had the instant reaction of, oh, this is like dividing us. This is, you know, what's wrong with pride? We all love pride. Like, why are you hating? Things like that. But I needed to listen and I needed to educate myself on the roots of where pride started in New York City and really dig into what the issues were with policing and commercialization of pride and why that was at odds with our values. And I don't, I'm not saying this also, like, I don't want to sit here and like demonize the people who run Heritage of Pride and run New the more, you know, commercial New York City Pride or anyone who wants to attend that. So, like wherever you want to get your liberation, where you, whatever, you want to celebrate yourself, I think that's great. But there can be more than one way. 
And I think there can be more attention to the issues that are currently at hand uh, and a little bit of sacrifice based on what we really need as a community. Last year, when the last year when the pandemic hit and everything got shut down and commercial, the, the, the larger pride festivities all had to shut down, no big parade, no big whatever, the queer march still happened. And we, yeah. we, we couldn't dance in a club, so we danced in the streets. And we, and, we mar and we marched with no floats and we just came with ourselves and all of our gay regalia. And it was amazing and it was beautiful. And I, re I remember like saying to my partner after we left, like, wow, I don't know if I ever need to go back to the way Pride was a couple years ago. Like this is what Pride feels like it should be, a coming together of the community to celebrate us and celebrate where we're going. Um, again, that's not to say that like if you like any organizations that want to be involved and organizations who want to commit to pride and things, I don't think there's anything wrong with that as long as you back that up. Yeah, like, donations, donations. Like I am really specific on you know, great point. Coin. Really, that coin. yeah. I'm well, you know, because there are some corporations that are like, oh my god, we're gonna like slap a flag, but it up. But I've been doing my yeah. research and I went to actually Bath and Body Works. I love their scents. And they have a pride collection. And my, you know, me being the educated gay that I am, I'm like, let me just make sure they're donating before I fucking buy a $26 yeah. candle. And I find out that this year they're actually donating a million dollars to the human rights campaign. And I was like, you know what? You do you, boo. So you know what? I bought it, even though it was overpriced. I was like, that money will go to HRC. Then Converse um, have always been a queer community, but I didn't realize that they actually have an ongoing partnership with It Gets Better Project. And they donate millions of dollars to these like queer organizations. And I, I need the gays actually, or anyone listening right now, especially the heterosexuals actually, you wanna be an ally, this is what I say, throwing a flag and going out with your gay bays is oh. not just the ally work you can do. Like it's also donating to organizations. And the one that I stress the most is the Trevor Project because there are a lot of LGBTQ plus members that wanna commit suicide, right? Especially transgender um, community, I know our community, because it is so hard and they are marginalized, especially black trans, right? And black gay men, black gay men have it. So high among like- Yeah, black transgender and black gay men have it really hard. Like it's, I don't know, the Trevor Project is such good mental health work for LGBTQ plus community. And I, I need people to start, you know, helping these organizations help us. <laughs> yeah, it's, no, uh, yeah. Back is, the main, is the main thing. Exactly, exactly what we were saying earlier, like the parties, are, the parties are great. The celebration is great. It's all part of, you know, it's all part of celebrating us and, and like feeling our liberation, but it also has to come with some accountability of like who's involved and where that money is going. And is that money being invested in an equitable way? Is it being invested in a specific way that actually contributes to liberating queer people? And that's another point for people to think about like when they're buying from places that have pride collections. A lot of places will have pride collections and say that they're donating, but if you actually dig into it, it'll say, oh, only donating up to a certain amount. Yes. So they'll, you'll see a lot of corporations that'll say, oh, we're donating $75,000 or $100,000, but that's it. Like we're, they're only getting that much from a collection. So after they reach that point, and then they keep selling more product, keep selling more rainbow tag products. After they've hit that point, suddenly all the product is going to the company. So it's a matter of like, is your activism really engaged? Did you really need to do that? Does, does this huge corporation really need that profit off of that one pride collection they do a year? I know a lot of people talk about, well, they have to make money. They have to like get their investment back. Do they? Do exactly. they? Exactly. 
you can't I'm, are you telling me that are you telling me that like this other like mom and pop shop who is donating 100 percent of their pride collection to so-and-so organization they can afford to do it but major organization major huge conglomerate can only afford to give like oh 15 percent of profits or whatever it is to whatever i don't i don't understand like and if you it's like okay if you don't want to do 100 um of the profit then like every shirt you sell donate 80 percent to right. an organization and then there's no one way then, to do it but yeah yeah no but i'm saying like that that should be like a business perspective it's like if you still want to make coin but also you know celebrate us like why is there a cap because then that's not you know what i mean then that just yeah, is also, read right, on their end also the gays remember like when you do oh stuff we like do that, <laughs> like if like if you're worried about your profit if you do something like that like donate a hundred percent of the prof, pro, profits from your pride collection we remember that we see that and then we come back to your company because we want to support you year-round for your non-pride things if we know that you are supporting us year round, even when it's not pride. Exactly, because pride is every day for us, right? But first of all, we're fighting for our lives. We're fighting for our sexuality. We're fighting for our actually civil rights. Let's just say, because we are in an era still that we're not fully protected. Exactly. Uh, like uh, we can't even donate blood, which has its own argument into that. Uh, so yeah, we it's every fucking day. <laughs> we will remember. And keep, that, and keep that activism up. This is another one. This is another one for all, all the young people out there. Like. I, I am so grateful and so excited and fired up by the fact that we have an administration now in the White House that is supportive of gay rights and yeah. that we're having a lot, of, a lot of reform and a lot of like movement, just like the things I'm hearing from like queer activists who like work in government, just about the difference in tone and the difference in welcome that they they feel like in Washington now, at least with at least from the White House and from the people who are starting to come into power, that they have at least an ally at least a friend like a friend friend that will open the door for them and there's an open door to discussion and to having these discussions about uh, advancing queer rights but that doesn't mean that the activism can stop like exactly. joe, biden, joe biden is not everybody's magic fairy godfather who's going to come in and like fix all of our problems no we have so many things um activism to keep that go to keep that going beyond beyond this administration into the next one and and hold our elected officials accountable like people like just because somebody has been an ally at one point or has done things good good in the past and within gay organizations as well just because someone has done good work in the past doesn't mean that we can't call people out when they're not showing up or when they're not or when we need more i uh, you're so well said every i can't even say anything else because i was like you said everything hit the nail on the head bitch so speaking about it i would love to hear about your coming out experience um whatever you want to share share tell me from beginning to end whatever <laughs> the, the quintessential question um i no, know it's my so coming, my coming out experience was <laughs> my coming out experience was uh, a little dramatic not gonna lie um uh i i came out in high school i came out in my about halfway through my senior year of high school i definitely like come to a realization that i was gay or at least that like i was attracted to men far before that probably like around 10 or 11 those those feelings started to take hold and i you know i feel like a lot of like queer people i got into the middle school high school zone and you start to hear things and you start to like understand like oh this is what gay means oh this is bad like i i now understand what gay means and i've also come to understand that that is something that people will ridic ridicule me for that's something that people are using as a slur 
and so you regress, or at least I, that's how, how it was for me, that like once I started to understand that these feelings I was having weren't accepted by my community, because I also grew up in a very uh, rural uh, upstate New York setting, like Cowtown, USA, uh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I'm pretty sure like there was maybe like three other gay people that I even was aware of, like in my high school before I even got, by the time I started my freshman year of high school, I was the only gay kid there. And I wasn't even out yet. I just knew that there were no other out gay people in my school. And I would have been the only one had I come out. So I hit that and I, it really like affected my mental health for years. I was at my lowest point of my mental health and like in my senior year and uh, at my most suicidal. And oh, wow. um, yeah, I'd say like that was like the only point in my life where I could say that I seriously considered suicide as an, as an option. And thank God, like I had like a supportive like group of friends that pulled me out of that, who saw that I was struggling and essentially demanded to know what was going on with me. And because I was, uh, you know, struggling so much of the time and so panicked about the idea of having to come out and, oh, people are starting to see it, people are starting to suspect, people are starting to ask questions. Uh, I really like spiraled from there. And that was the point where I, I remember I driving my car out to the side of a cliff and like considering like, do I even, do I go into school today and, you know, tell the truth or do I drive off the edge here? And thank God for whatever force that like helped me. Thank, thank you, Lady Gaga for, for, yeah. the, for the Born This Way album, which I blared for that entire week to try and like build myself up. And thank God it helped. Um, and went into school that, that day, that morning and came out to, and like over the course of that week just started coming out to everybody. Uh, and it was, it was truly this huge weight lifted and this, uh, strength that I didn't know was in me that whole time suddenly it, it really was this unexplainable shift of from one day to the next suddenly all of these things didn't matter as much and I even in even in that very first week at school after I got after I came out I got I got called names I got like pushed into a locker like once or twice like walking down the hall from like ignorant assholes at my school but like it didn't really bother me that much at that point like, cause I had already been like beating myself up for so many years about it that I was just like happy. And I like, it felt like nobody could touch me anymore. Um, and I guess that's also, that's something that like we try, you try to carry with you and you try to like remember uh, going forward. Um, I also came out to my parents in a letter. <laughs> so also oh. like, I didn't come out. I, I did that whole dramatic coming out at school and like slowly went through the process of like coming out to everyone. But my parents, I, I kept it secret from my parents for like months after that. Uh, which was a feat in small town USA. That's when I knew that I needed to tell them because I was like, oh no, this is going to get back to them. <laughs> Everybody talks here. There's no way that my mom isn't going to be like getting her hair done or some, or some shit. And one of those ladies isn't going to drop something <laughs> that she heard from their kid or whatever it was. So I left a note for my parents, packed up all my shit into my car and like went to my friend's house expecting to be kicked out and like preparing for that eventuality. And uh, my mom, bless her heart, like it, it was hard. It was definitely like my parents took some time and it's still a process of, uh, you know, introducing them to my, to my queer life. And every so often like that, I run into some walls with them. Like I think a lot of people do of them not getting it. There was a long time my mom hated seeing me with nail polish on and like couldn't stand it. And so I would not wear nail polish around her just out of respect until 
I finally just, I finally just said, you know what? Like, I'm, I'm not really like living my life for anyone else. Exactly. I love you, but like, this is such a, this is such a minuscule part of who I am. And if like, that's, if that's so overwhelming that you can't be around me when I have nail polish on, then I won't be around you. And, you know. Unapologetically queer. Love it. And like, and that's been a journey. Like, I'm not always at that state. I don't want to preach. Like, I'm always like secure myself. Like, I, that's a journey. That's a constant journey for me of like living, living unapologetically. And I think it is for everyone. But I will say like, once I had that conversation and like me and my parents uh, were able to get, to get closer and have those conversations. And even though maybe it may have been rough at first when I like lay down ultimatums like that, it ended up making us closer and ended up making a stronger family. Uh, so yeah, oh, I think yeah. I, I, like now I tangent it off. Like she came and she came and got me. My mama, mama drove, mama drove, drove down to my friend's house and got out of the car. She's like, friend, get in the car. We're going home. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I am, um, well, I'm very happy that you were here and alive and well, and I'm happy that Gaga was able, that's why I love Lady Gaga was able to, you know, her, it brought this way is a very, you know, iconic album and it is a lot for the LGBTQ uh, community yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, um, yeah, all jokes, all jokes aside though, that's, uh, I hope, uh, I really hope that's something that we see more and more um, as the years go on. We're already starting to see it. Lil Nas X is killing Yes, it. yes. Troye Sivan, Orville Peck, Kim Petras. Um, all of these amazing, like, Trace of Vaughn, we are getting, like, such good exposure. That, like, that's, that's crazy to me. It's insane that, like, all of these kids coming up have these queer icons to look up to, like, and obviously, like, like Drag Race is very prevalent. Legendary is very, is becoming very prevalent. All these, like, uh, Pose. Pose. Pose is oh, so big. Pose. Thank you. Like, how, like, shows like that are truly revolutionary because they allow people to see themselves and to like see themselves represented in music, in books, in television. It is, I think it's one of the most important things we can do. And like, I know that it sometimes sounds arbitrary that like, because you know, it's just media and it's just this, but like, I think it has tremendous power um, just being able to see yourself and to feel seen um, by the world around you. That would have, that would have made all the difference to me, like as a young kid to be able to like, you know, listen to, you know, or the radio or like watch TV and see queer people represented. Yeah, I think it makes coming out a little bit easier when pop culture has like a force on it. Um, there's so many shows too that like there's TV shows with like gay characters and, and it feels good to see it. And I, I agree with you. I think it would have been better in the 90s if we had more than just like early 2000s of like Queer as Folk or Will and Grace where it was stereotypical. Don't get me wrong, Will and Grace for me did break the barrier of like learning what gay culture is because I got to see it as like I what was I 10 9 watching it so that was cool and like Rocky Horror Picture Show from the 70s being like you know popular in the early 2000s with like Shadowcast and on HBO and all that so it was cool to see that but I, I think now you're like you, you're totally right there's a lot which is great we have a, we have a lot of queer um I mean we could do more obviously because yeah. um shout out to the side they're still hiring straight actors to play us but and they're not hiring gay actors to play straight, so that needs to be switched exactly. up. Represent, represent, you know, casting and everything like that. I know it's a huge conversation, and there's a lot of like nuance to some of these things, especially for like people in casting and directors and such. But I think like the biggest thing is to be advocating that there's always queer people in the room when talking about queer stories, and that there's always that there is definitely equal representation in auditioning, and that's 
it's yes. not, I think the difference is like people get so up in arms about like, well, everyone should be allowed to play every role. Well, that might be true if everyone was allowed to play every role. Exactly, so, that's the argument. We're not saying that a straight guy can't play a gay guy, but then why won't you let like it's gay a guys go for straight roles? It's not, a, it's not a question of whether this straight actor was talented enough or whether they were believable in a gay role. Yeah. Sometimes they're not, <laughs> sometimes they're not. Um, but uh, it's not a question of their talent. It's a question of, was there really, really no actual queer person who was good enough for this role? Yeah. It's that simple. Um, but to wrap things up, what would, okay, so say there is someone listening to this oh, sorry, and- Sorry, before you say this, yeah. I have to say this, since you, since you brought up Pose and we're talking about representation- Yes, give it to me. While we're talking about Pose, I'm speaking directly to Emmy voters. I'm speaking directly to the Emmys today or whoever whoever makes the Emmy. That makes yes. The Dominique Jackson, MJ Rodriguez, India Moore, give the girls their flowers. That's all I gotta say. They're- You fucking I, heard it here first. From this season? From this season? No, you're totally right though. Like there should be, yeah, yeah. All I have to say to that is a big, Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Anyway, yeah, sorry, back to back to your last question. No, so the last question is, um, what would be your piece of advice? Like, if there is someone that is a census that, you know, want this is their first pride, or they just came out, or are scared to come, um, come out. What is something that Brandon can give to the world right now? Be kind to yourself. First of all, be patient with yourself. Recognize that uh, this is a journey. And as cliche as it sometimes sounds to say, there is no one way or any one time to come out. Make sure that you are in a place where you know you can feel safe and supported. If you are not in a place right now where you know you are going to have like a place to sleep or you fear for your, um, for your safety, if you come out, uh, it is okay. There is time. I know it's incredibly, incredibly difficult to live in the closet, but there are organizations like the Trevor Project there are so many um, forums online in which you can find support and ways that you can uh, be able to express yourself in whatever small way you can until you are in that safe place. And be what, like why I say be kind to yourself and be patient is because it will be worth it. Uh, and if you're, and even if you are in a place like New York City where it's very easy to come out and you're already out, uh, and like you said, like this is your per first pride, uh, just take it all in. Take in everything that you're seeing around you and be kind to the other people, people around you and take in this amazing community that we have. Uh, and, you know, don't be afraid to get involved. Get, get, a little, get, a, get a little political, get a little, get a little wild. Why not? Get a little unapologetic, yes. And, and what we're not doing, and what we're not doing at Pride is we're not kink shaming, we're not, se we're not sex shaming, um, sex work is work um kinksters and all and leather and leather daddies and all of these people that like are sometimes like looked down upon in our community by some where that's that's not what we fought for uh there if you if you want to bring your kids to pride if you want to if you're not comfortable with certain th certain things at pride there are spaces for you and you can yep. find them. but do not do not ever let if, if and as, oh now i'm going to say this too especially for allies as well you bring up allies Anyone who's coming to a pride celebration needs to recognize that you are walking into a space that is about liberation. It doesn't mean that you have to engage with things that other people are doing. It doesn't mean that you have to show up naked, naked to a pride parade. Uh, it just means that you need to not infringe on other people's sense of liberation just because you're uncomfortable.
go to the move it along move it along <laughs> that you know i always say this is just sort of my like way i live because like i may not be into certain aspects of our community but it's like stay in your lane that's it like respect everyone and you know let us be liberated and don't judge someone's liberation everyone's journey is different so i totally agree i'm like if you're gonna fucking judge stay at home um i'm sorry but like we fought we're still fighting yeah. you know like our community has still so much to go through even though we are living in a progressive era um i totally agree uh just don't fucking judge that's yeah. simple and that goes to our gay brother and sisters and queer brother and sisters because or non-binary siblings you know it's like there is a lot of judgment in our own community and i i need people to like hey if it's not your tea it's not your tea that's fine you're not no one's meant to do everything right but like don't judge <laughs> that's oh, like i mean like it goes to it even goes down to little things like obviously this was like a joke and it was a meme that went viral on twitter and like at first it's funny when people were uh shading target's pride line well oh, um, yeah which, like here's the thing like it's funny i get the jokes and at first like it was it was amusing because like are all of the things that Target made for their Pride collection this year like super fashionable? Is it something that I want to wear? Maybe not. But like all of the jokes, all the jokes about like, oh, if you wear this thing, this Pride shirt or like this Pride suit from from Target, like you're not really gay or like, things like that. It's like those are things where like I kind of sit back and be like, okay, now we're starting to cross the line from just like you know kikiing a little bit and like having our jokes. And now we've moved into exclusionary territory that's toxic. In which, like, if you if you want if if you want to wear this ugly ass pride suit to to pride because you think it's cute or you think wear this ugly ass pride suit to to pride, uh, or maybe and don't and don't even judge it's ugly. I don't know. I'm not perfect either. But like, just let no, you're totally right. Want. Let people let people enjoy things. <laughs> That's it. This is why I'm like not mad I'm off of Twitter right now because like Twitter can get like that really quick where it's like canceling or toxic things just from wearing in an outfit. Um, I'm like, there are just catty, judgy people on Twitter. I mean, they're everywhere, but like I've just seen a culture of that and I'm just like, um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be off of this for a bit. Yeah, we have, we have actual homophobia to deal with, not you deciding whether- That's what I'm saying. Like, or not, but. we're a community. Let's support each other, plain and simple. Yeah, this um, is also this is also not me. Like, I don't think Target needs me to come out and fucking defend them, but just I don't know. I just like I think I think we can all do a little better about actually taking a step back and recognizing what the values of gay pride are, and absolutely. trying to live up to them. Absolutely, but um, it's been great having you. You, I knew been. I knew this was gonna go so well. You have such a. Uh, What's the right word I'm looking for? Well, you have great art articulation, that's one, but you have just a powerful um, open mindset is the right wording. Thank you, Antonio. Hey, yeah. Thank you, for do thank you for doing this. Like the fact that you're like taking the initiative to like have these conversations and put them out there into the world. Um, it's great. So um, I was excited to be here with you and Marilyn. <laughs> yeah, I do love Marilyn in the back. First, I do love Marilyn in the background. She's over here. She's too, right? like, <laughs> oh, she's everywhere. Yes. <laughs> also, I have a blanket. I mean, it's like photo, but it's a Marilyn quilt. It's so good. The blueprint. <laughs> yes, you, you literally the blueprint. But yeah. um, yeah. Well, and, I and an ally and an early ally. He so. actually was an early ally too, which I people sleep on her so much. She wasn't just sexy. Like, there's so much that she did actually. 
Uh, I need to do a podcast on that because there's so much I have to say about her in, in such a positive aspect. And oh, girl, oh, girl. speaking of like gay, speaking of gay things, but also Maryland, like you ever do a Maryland podcast and you want me to come in here and talk about Smash and like all, and like everything that that. Oh is, my gosh! Like, yes. we will kiki about that. Actually, you just gave me a really good point. Maybe we will do a pop. Oh no, a gay icon post Pride podcast. I would love to do Marilyn, Brittany, and Gaga. I feel like there's really good conversations with like not just them being gay icons, but also just like you know the Free Britney movement. Um, Marilyn with the whole like rumor of her being murdered, and then like Gaga just being such a queer icon and everything she does with the Born This Way Foundation and her just everything. So yeah, honestly, you may be getting a call in July. You're not May. You are getting a call in July because I think this is actually a really good topic. We're, we're hinting at it now because this is going to be on the podcast as part you two. You heard it like, first now, folks. This you is heard it first, yeah. Your Icons podcast. I've been waiting for a Maryland episode, so like literally this is perfect. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I love you and I will see you soon. Love you too, baby. Bye. Bye. Talk to you later on Nana Tings.